Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi everyone, welcome once again to the Gagan Pod. I'm Richard Bayless. It's great to have you with us as always. Now this weekend is the start of the FAWSL and as such we thought we would bring you a very special edition of the podcast as we preview what has quickly become the strongest women's football league on the planet. It's also become the epicentre of Australian women's football too, hasn't it? Given how many Matildas have signed there over the past few weeks and months. So we thought we would bring you this special edition with three greats of the women's game. Firstly, Alicia Ferguson, one of our hosts here at Optus Sport, and she'll be joined by Lydia Williams, Australian goalkeeper and recent recruit for Arsenal. Claire Rafferty also joins the girls. She's a former England international who played for Chelsea, the reigning champions, of course. So that's enough from me. Let's throw over to the girls and get a preview of the FAWSL, which starts live on Optus Sport this weekend. Well, girls... This is it. As uh, as Rich mentioned, I definitely think the Women's Super League is fast becoming, if not, very close to becoming one of the best leagues in the world. So, Raf, let's jump straight in there. What are your thoughts on, on how the league's developed over the last couple of seasons? I think the attraction of the international stars, Lydia's flown halfway across the world to get here. So, I mean, the, the fact that this is the place to be now, you've got American stars, you've got Australian stars, you've got Norwegian captains, Swedish captains. I almost wish I was still playing, but then I've seen the training programs. I'm like, nah, you know what? I'll give it <laughs> Too a miss. much hard work. I'll give it a miss. Too it much a miss. hard work. Lids, we haven't had a chance to catch up and we still need a chance to catch up properly. But um, how have you found it settling in to life in the UK and, and also signing for, you know, one of the biggest clubs in the world? It, it's huge for us, isn't it? Being, being Aussies, getting the opportunity to come over here and sign for these huge clubs. Tell me, how you're feeling? Oh, it's pretty crazy. I mean, you wake up like growing up and watching a 15 minute segment on um you know just like SBS being like oh look there's Manchester and Chelsea and Arsenal playing and now all of a sudden you get to actually play for their club um and kind of fulfill a childhood dream that you had like when you were growing up so it's pretty crazy that that opportunity comes about now um but life in London has been great I mean it's been a bit crazy and non-stop um but finally settled in and um enjoying it I I was here for the heat wave which was beautiful (laughs) you would be loving that like I tell everyone I'm a really rubbish Australian because I prefer the cold weather over here you know this like the sun is not my friend so (laughs) I'm I'm fine yeah well mine's fake yeah exactly I need more tan in a can um but let's get on to like that training environment Raph you played for one of the biggest clubs most successful women's club as well Chelsea you've been used to that training environment out at Cobham for the majority of your career but would it be safe to say and I want you to touch on that we haven't necessarily been used to that at club level, I think, back in Australia. So can you just describe to me your experience of playing at Chelsea and training at what is a phenomenal facility at Cobham? Yeah, well, it's actually funny touching on the professionalism of Chelsea because probably every single club in the league has been playing catch-up to actually Arsenal. They were so much more professional before everyone else. They attracted so all the players. But the actual investment from the men's team down into the culture of, of you know, Chelsea is a team that needs to win. 
and that culture is resonated because before you know, we were so bad when i first started we trained twice a week what year was that if you don't mind me asking oh, i can I feel old now well, no, just like um i think it was 2007 see not that's not that long 11 ago, well 11 yeah oh, 11 years ago okay. but we trained twice a week we got kicked off because the under sevens were on the uh after us we got secondhand kit but the kind of incremental growth of almost respect has come in line with the investment the you know the day-to-day -day training they're in monday for recovery well you know like what it's like now but tuesday um off day wednesday thursday friday you get accommodation paid for you get your food you're in this kind of world where there's no excuses to not be the best which is exactly what women's football needs i mean i miss the structure of it but I mean, the weekend I've got back now is fantastic. <laughs> but I, but the thing is, though, I've seen both sides, like like you were saying. Not having it and it not being taken really seriously when we were playing. The ability to actually fulfil your potential. We didn't have that. Imagine the player you could have been if you were trained every day. I, I do think that. I sit there and I go, oh, I could have been so much better, you know, if I actually had contact hours like they do now. I Absolutely. And I think I always say this. I think I was a full-time athlete, mm. but still I wasn't professional. We were still training quite a lot. And I think I was on the transition from gener one generation to yeah. the next from when I first got into the Australian team. And I think you're also, Lids, on that transition from the next generation. So I was kind of, we were still full-time, mm. but you were like full-time amateur and now fully professional. So... Just give me the comparison about what you're used to and now what you're experiencing at Arsenal. Gosh, it's like from what you used to be doing, it was a, a lot of kind of like self-responsibility. Like if you felt like you needed to do more, then you're like, okay, well, I'll go out and do it myself. And maybe you get a program. Maybe you can like swindle someone into kick balls at you or like be a kicking partner or something um, or like jump in a gym somewhere where now it's like everything, whatever you need, everything's timed it's down to a t you have this supplement um this massage therapist you have everything that you kind of really need to be an athlete so you don't really have to think about what does the structure at arsenal differ a lot from what you had previously so you talk yeah. about even in the last few months the kind of growth yeah like i mean obviously when you're a national team it's like a lot different yeah. as well because that they just got you know you're, you're playing for for your country but um definitely just at arsenal it's everything's covered you have you know two different physios two different strength and conditioning well for you lids even you've come in and, and you picked up an injury pretty mm -hmm. early in pre-season that's been dealt with really quickly yeah literally as soon as it was done got a scan got surgery the following week so tell us what actually happened and um, when you came in. yeah so obviously with um covid and the stopping of actual training um back in australia and then coming back into um environments of loading i got a stress fracture in my foot so just got a surgery and put a pin in so basically it's a lot better than being in a boot yeah. so i mean return to play is probably about eight weeks so i'm at four now so i mean it's gone quite quick so yeah i mean but even the, again the the monitoring of that and obviously everyone knowing that the training load but and i was on a press conference with joe montemuro and he said you know identified it really quickly return to play within eight weeks was a lot better you even said that to me as well um, just the ability to have those support structures to just get it done and get onto it. And so your return to play is a lot quicker than it would have been. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just the support I have around the club as well. I mean, we get I get messages every day from the staff just being like, what's your RPEs, what's your load, this is what tomorrow is. Yeah. The program changes every day, every week. So, yeah. I remember coming back from ACL injuries and, and being at Chelsea, 
and I'm talking probably like four years ago, even then I'd, I'd see the, the boys come in, the men come in and get the physio, they're in there every single day. I was in there twice a week and I'm thinking, why? Mm. I could be back six months earlier, actually. Yeah. But I think because of the respect level, the investment in you, investment mm. in players, you, you know, you have to see that return on investment. It, it, you become, it becomes more of a, obviously they have a role to play, but it, it's an investment, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So in order for them to get the best out of you, they need to make sure they look after yeah. you. I think. Well, everyone's like a commodity now, aren't they? And, <laughs> and a highly, no, and a highly valued commodity. Yeah. And I think that's the difference. And we have to appreciate and mm. respect that, that exactly. that's why all these support structures around it. Um, but let's move on. We're talking about the Women's Super League. We're doing a preview for Optus Sport. Chelsea title holders in a bit of an unusual circumstances. So, Raph, I think you are the one to talk us through Chelsea, your old club, who you love, you're a blue through and through, uh, how they won the title. Yeah, well, I was confused as well when it was all kind of being discussed, but they finished in second. I think it was head-to-head they ended up winning on and goal difference. Anyway, they won in, in second place. They were, we, we knew... What, sorry, what a way to win. Place, yeah. What a time <laughs> to be get, alive. Don't even get onto the story of how the trophy handled. I'm going to ask you about the trophy lift. But please still <laughs> explain to us because I think it's one of those things that it probably went under the radar of how Chelsea actually won the title in second place. I'd, I'd, be, I'd be absolutely devastated if I won the won the league and had to be given a trophy over Zoom. So, no, but... The, sorry, <laughs> or this is, not no, a trophy this over Zoom. This is a really Zoom. good question. This is a really good question. How, how did the players feel? And we'll get to your um, trophy. No, we won't. <laughs> sorry, could I just explain? <laughs> so, Raf was asked to do a virtual trophy presentation to... We're going to touch on this first because we've already gone there. We need to explain it. <laughs> a virtual trophy presentation to the Chelsea players and you hosted it. Raf, please explain how that went. It was, I mean, I'm quite an awkward person anyway, but it was the most awkward thing I've ever done in my life. A lot of them are still my friends. There was not a lot of direction of the, the handover. And I just had to turn, turn around and say on Zoom, oh, congratulations. And no one cheered. They went to cheer. And then like, I could see my friends laughing at me on Zoom. And then I, I, would, I, was, I was like um, talking to the producer like over there. Is this meant to happen? And then it was all delayed. And I was like, stop laughing. And I was laughing at my friend. Oh, it was, it was a nightmare. It was a nightmare. Anyway. So, I mean, Ideally, what I would have done, I would have gone and got a bottle of champagne and sent it all to them and they could yeah. have celebrated. But It was awkward, wasn't it? And I think the thing that entertains me even more is the fact that, like you say, you were the one that had to do it. Yeah. I and mean. I love I love you regaling the story. Yeah, thanks. I'm squirming here. I'm going to leave. I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it up again as the season goes on. You know this. Um, but just from, they are the title holders. But what I was going to ask you, and Lids, maybe I'll ask you first and we'll give... Wrap a break from that awkwardness. <laughs> how, how would you feel as a player? How would you feel as a player if you had to celebrate winning the WSL title in that circumstance? Oh, I don't know. Uh, that'd be kind of. I mean, we had we at um, Melbourne City. We celebrated like just before COVID hit, and there was like no one in the stadium. So there's like it's definitely awkward. Like you just like this isn't normal circumstances, but you kind of make the most of it. Like you can't forget the work that you did during the season. Exactly, the investment you put in. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, uh, I think like I was watching Community Shield and they were like celebrating to no one. I did think, oh, instantly my head goes, are they going to go out after? Should I plan a night out for them? Yeah. But I normally do. No, no one can go out anyway. Mm. But you can't kind of under underestimate the investment you put in yourself, what the team's doing. Yeah, don't you think when you win something, as soon as you win it though, you're on to the next one anyway. So yeah. You are, but it's, it is nice to celebrate with 
with other people, with your family, with the fans and yeah. stuff like that. And I guess that's been taken away. And there we do talk about this new normal. But this is what we have to deal with. And, you know, still winning, you can't take that away from anyone. It's just a bit of a different feeling. But let's talk about the title holders. So played the Community Shield on the weekend. Um, definitely thought Chelsea were the better team. Thought they looked really sharp as well, actually. Um, how are you thinking? How have you, how have you been scouting Lids, the title holders? You know, have you... I mean, you have to come over and you have to be looking at... I know you're going to say we're just concentrating on Reading, the first game against Reading. As, as yeah. all footballers do. questions for you. Yeah, all right. All right. <laughs> one game at a time. One, yeah. one game at a time. We're not looking too far in advance. <laughs> Don't care about that. So, and also, Sam... Sam Kerr is playing for Chelsea, so you would have had a vested interest in watching as well. So what do you think of the game? Yeah, I mean, I don't think I've played with Sam except with the national team. Um, so obviously I always kind of have a sneaky look at her um, coming against her. Uh, but yeah, Chelsea looks sharp and obviously they made some big signings um, over the, the transfer window. So um you know, and I think as every club kind of gets into a season, you kind of see how they evolve during it. So it's hard to kind of say right at the beginning. Obviously, they came out and they, they won and, you know, they're in good form already. So as the season goes on, it's going to be interesting to see how they evolve and everyone kind of fits in their, their positions. They're stacked, aren't they? Yeah. They're properly stacked and they've just uh, signed Peniel Harder as well. That's a lot of attacking players to fit into one team. And, I mean, I watched the game on the weekend and you could see Sam visibly frustrated with herself for missing those opportunities and she had some good opportunities. How do you think you know Sam and her personality and she is determined, but how does she bounce back and, and maintain? I mean, I think it's great, the level of competitiveness. Mm-hmm. There's lots of competition for places then and she did look really cranky after the game with her performance, even though you won and, you know, winning and not playing up to your level of expectation. Yeah, um, but I think with Sam is that, like, she makes those opportunities herself. I I don't know if many people and many players can actually make those opportunities come about. Um, Obviously, you know, she she couldn't find the back of the net, but at the end of the day, she was the one that got all those chances. So um, Sam's pretty good at bouncing back and I think she'll be fine I think it's a, a, the depth as well not having to rely on one player mm-hmm. so as you said the, what she does off the ball and actually creating creating mo- space and movement and also the fact that she's not going to give up yeah. because how, how, how frustrated she was I mm-hmm. think because there was no one in the crowd the camera was on her <laughs> it was <laughs> but also but she that's her she is a striker and striker she understands her responsibility and she wants to yeah. score goals and she is determined. And I think that it was the right reaction and you can understand that. You don't want a striker coming off being overly happy maybe. I mean, look, winning is fantastic. and, and But, yeah, I think it was it was a good reaction for Sam. And I, I think, you know, all, all of our Aussie players coming over here, Lids, mm-hmm. I think is, is good for the Aussie team because there's lots of pressure. There's lots of competition for places. And it all bodes well for us winning the World Cup on home soil in 2023. Yeah, you know. that's yeah. it. Is that it? That's, <laughs> that's it, isn't it? it. That's basically it. That yeah. is it. Simple, what, isn't what it? What made you come to the WSL? Um, just that it was the best competition, in mm-hmm. my opinion. I think, you know, we've been so exposed to just, um, you know, the best in Australia and um, going over to, mm-hmm. to America. But when it comes to footballing, I think Europe's the place to be and there's no... I guess hidden fact that there's some of the best players in the world here, not just from England, um, but all around Europe. And these teams made 
World Cup semi-finals. So. Exactly. And Ante said, he said, if the Matildas need to improve, the players need to look at where they're playing the domestic football. Mm-hmm. And he was a really huge supporter of our players coming over here, wasn't he? Yeah, he wanted us out. out if, he, of- if he said no, like, would that be kind of the defining decision? Because I just remember like, from Hope would say, no, you've got to stay in England and play in WSL. Mm. Would, that, would that be enough for you to not come? No, I don't think so. I think we just got to a point where we just going back and forth um, to mm. you know Australia and America that we'd never had a break. Yeah. Um, and it just gets so hard on your bodies where everyone was just like, I'd just rather be in one club, focus on myself, mm-hmm. get better, play for, you know, my country and actually have a break and look after my body. I've, I've said that Makes as well. Sense. And I don't mm-hmm. think a lot of people around the world appreciate the um, the northern southern hemisphere workload of Australian players it's and New, crazy. Z- and like, New Zealand back players back, as well. Yeah. Back the, to back. So going from mostly NWSL or Scandinavian leagues or European leagues back down to Australia is tough. And I, I absolutely think for our development, and Lids, correct me if you think any different, we need this because I personally think every time we get to a World Cup, we get to the third game. But that's exactly why we change our season yeah, from the summer hugely, league to the... We look hugely fatigued. Yeah. And I just feel like, oh, the poor girls are like... <laughs> Exhausted, yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> you, you've been there. So give us an insight into think, look, how hard that is. Yeah, you need to give you guys the best chance to win. Yeah. And if that means changing the, the structure of the league or coming come to WSL. Yeah, usually like when it comes to, um, you know, prep for, for World Cups and stuff, it's always been like after our season. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. kind of everywhere so they get us into a camp um a couple weeks out from like the first game or whatever so really to kind of now most of us be in europe you can actually base and have camps in europe and get you know so far away isn't yeah it? Get, get <laughs> it's not for me it's great i'm loving it <laughs> yeah you're fine <laughs> this you're is home. like i'm so excited it's, I, it's I crazy know, though because it, it's great i've, I've not like it's an aussie infiltration i love yeah. it <laughs> i've not had a lot of kind of oversight or even you know viewership of, of what goes on in the you know the American League and the Australian League, the the only only kind of insight I've had from a player is obviously Joey Taylor, who who would kind of tell us about how it is to go from how awesome Australia is, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. All right, let's move on. So talking about you know who's going to be challenging for those top spots, and it is so competitive. And it's the great thing is is there's another spot for Champions League now, which is huge. Man City have made some decent signings. Lucy Bronze. Um, we're seeing she's coming back to Man City. What else do you think about some of their signings? Sammy Mewis, Lo- Rose Lavelle, Raf. I think City, and I always, I always have my Chelsea hat on. I have to remove it now because <laughs> I'm not a player. But that Arsenal were, were such a, a competitor for such a long time. But City kind of crept up and, and invested so much more. And seeing them sign such great players makes me really fuming because I'm worried. Because... City have a uh, have a DNA of how they play, and obviously they've got a new manager now, and I, I want to see how that transpires. But they know exactly what they're doing. They have a, they have they have kind of like a book of work. It feels like, and yes, you have got the likes of Jill Scott who's still there, Steph who's still there, a couple of more seasons for them. But they're so key to them, and you you see it like you t- you need the, the spine, don't you, 
Chelsea are creating a spine. They've got or a good spine on the team, don't they? City have a spine, and even though you know players come and go, they have the ability to attract these big players, which I say through gritted teeth. But bit of a game changer, I think, with it is. Uh, the, uh, the the opportunity for some of the Americans to come over, even for a short space of time. Lids, you've played in the NWSL pretty extensively. How do you think Rose Lavelle, Sammy Mewis are going to impact not just the Women's Super League, but also City style of play? Um, obviously being a part of the city group back in Australia. Um, good yeah, plug. Well yeah, done. Just good plug. plug <laughs> uh, uh, I definitely think that they, they do have a, a DNA. They know exactly what. Could you, who, could you give us an insight into that? Cause I find this stuff fascinating and not enough people yeah. actually are a. Is it or, culture or DNA? That's what exactly. Or, or philosophy you play. play. Yeah. Cause yeah. This, this is my, this is my football nerdy out stuff, which I love. It's philosophy you play. Yeah. However, the men play, the women play, the youth play, the 23s play. It's all connected to one. That. However, Manchester played, we played in Melbourne. Wow. However, you know, New York City plays. That's, it's all, everyone's interconnected. Mm. Everyone travels to different countries and they work together and do workshops. So whatever the city football group want to play and how they want to play, they get those players. Have you seen that? Does that, has that been the same since you've been involved in the city group or has it had slight adjustments based on different trends in football and different, because men's football isn't exactly the same as women's football, but those general philosophies and principles must be the same. Yeah, the general philosophies and principles, obviously women's football, we're not as like explosive or powerful as the men, so they change it up a little bit, but the general kind of possession-based football and, you know, tiki-taka has always kind of been the, the central city group philosophy, I guess. Do they actually use that terminology when they're discussing what their philosophy is? <laughs> we, we did a little bit <laughs> in Melbourne. <laughs> but, I mean, everyone was like Greek and Italian yeah. over there. So. They love it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It works in perfectly. I mean, that's that's a fascinating insight. And I probably didn't realise that it was so ingrained in them as mm. a global brand as well. Yeah. But, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. I, I already So far, I already noticed that the league is way more physical than any other league that I played in. Yeah? Yeah. Just, in what way? Describe um, way. Challenges, just going for the ball. Um, really? That's interesting. Yeah, one-on-ones. Like, it's like, it's fierce. You're going, you have to Do wear shin pads. you mean as in pads. like in training? Is is that replicated in your training then? Yeah. Okay. In training and then watching games, I'm just like, wow, this is... Wow, that's yeah. interesting. Well, I yeah. guess, because we always think as Australians, we're quite physical, aren't we? We, we yeah. kind of think that, but... And I have heard that. Um, Sam even said that, I think, after really? a couple of games, that uh, the physicality... Well, she got wiped out, didn't she, in her first she game? That big absolute... Oh, oh like, yeah, her shoulder. When she got absolutely <laughs> KO'd. Cladded. Oh, but she said that, and I was yeah. just wondering, also the style of play, people are in closer proximity, but, um, yeah, that's an interesting insight. Good, I like it. I knew I loved the WSL for a reason. That's probably Master. why I survived so long. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tough have, you, have you seen Claire Rafferty hack? No, She's I'm going to have to go anymore. YouTube this after. She's no, a woman no. after my own heart, Lids. Honestly, a woman after my own heart. Listen, okay. record, record holder. Don't record, don't yeah, I know, world record holder. Watch my hack. Um, let's move on to Arsenal. Great. I sure. mean, I mean, Joe's there. Three Aussies. Mm-hmm. How are Steph and Caitlin and yourself settling into the squad? And what did you think of the other players around you in that squad when you arrived? Honestly, everyone's been lovely. I could probably sit down with anyone for coffee and have a three-hour chat. Uh, it's been... You and Beth Mead have got a nice little friendship yeah. going, don't you? A nice little friendship with Coffee club. Is it coffee club? Yeah, coffee yeah. club. Okay. Cool. I've seen you too. Yeah. yeah. No, honestly, it's just been... It's been really fantastic fitting in and um, the style of play. Obviously, I played under Joe at, at City, so um, the style of play that he wants, I'm really familiar with. 
Uh, and Steph has played under him for a number of years. And, you know, I think it's pretty similar to how we've been playing with Australia. So, I mean, Caitlin and Steph have kind of found our little little group and little group yeah. i like it and you you and steph are basically tiktok um celebrities aren't you i mean, oh, I mean taking taking the, t- taking the Wait tiktok world by storm no i've not seen this well, i just time. look at oh, cooking yeah, tiktoks no, we <laughs> had the kath and kim i think that was the oh you two have done some excellent tiktoks by the way thanks i think we do better when it's like just spur of the moment not planned <laughs> Yeah, I mean, keep it up because that's I'm I'm enjoying them, and I I can see like your little clan now expanding with Beth in like you keep sneaking in the background yeah. with shots and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Yep, yep. So it's been easy to settle into that team. Yeah, it, it has been. Everyone, honestly, the staff have been brilliant. Obviously, they've helped me with my injury. They've helped everyone kind of settle in and get a style of play. And um, the team, you know, we want to play possession. We want to play football. Um, and everyone kind of has that same belief and philosophy. And, and obviously Joe isn't going to get players that, that do that. So, yeah, I think it's... I guess he, tr- he trusts you mm, guys. Yeah. I, I do love when a manager brings in players that he kind of knows because he knows what you know what the limitations are or what they're capable of. So it's the, that kind of gives, yeah. gives you a lot of trust as well. It's the question between like fitting a system or fitting players to a system and stuff like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And I definitely think I Joe's do think very... team investment in the person as well and bringing yeah. that character in is so key. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, but you've got some phenomenal players there. You've played against... Did you play... Was Viv here when you were still playing? Yeah. God, I only retired last year. <laughs> <Is it> that, <laughs> honestly, I mean, like, I did end up turning like a wow-ish. snail. Yeah, honestly. I feel like, no. I feel like you, you've been retired for about two years. I've been years. here. I've been in your house for last yeah. year. That's why. Exactly. <laughs> but no, give, she, give us an insight into Viv Miedema. Okay. Um, just, she just is so nonchalant that you switch off... And when I was getting my my breather in, because I, f- I realised I couldn't track back as as I used to, it was as soon as you switch off, she's she's just kind of swanned into space. She looks space. like she she's looks like space. she doesn't care. And uh, Van der Donk, yeah. Van der Donk was always a handful as well, feisty, which I loved. But she was, she is, isn't she? I like it. I, I, one thing I always be conscious of when I was defending against Arsenal was just, I'd always fall for a step out. Stepping out line for them to for someone else to run in. I was like, damn it! Yeah, Kim does <laughs> a little like hip yeah. swivel and then just pings when you, it. When 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 all when they're, they're all kind of on a page and they're they're, they're moving, they're movement moving and stuff like that. It's so hard to defend. You might you, it's better just staying still. Viv, she's ridiculous. She doesn't even look at the goal and she scores bottom corner. It's ridiculous. Explain to me a bit about Viv's so Viv Miedemar's persona as well because I. I love her like personality and stuff, mm-hmm. and I just think she's really cool and she's really chill, awesome. So, you, could you explain to me what Viv's like on a day to day basis? Do you think Berbatov esque, almost like very yeah. Berbatov esque? Just like oh, whatever. She just kind of she's just chill. She's just her own thing, and then comes out with these really like wild one liners or like crazy comments, and you're like oh okay. And then like on the field, she just does her thing and just. You know, smashes I, I goals in for fun. Yeah, and I didn't realize how fast she was. She's—I think she's <laughs> deceivingly quick. Yeah, hundred percent. People won't maybe know this comparison as much, but I always thought Kim Carroll, who played in the Aussie team with us, and that was deceivingly quick. Mm. Viv, I think, and as I think it's because she strolls around so much, doesn't she? Like yeah. you said, rap nonchalant, but her turn of pace and how quick she is, mm-hmm. I think, just because people think she doesn't care. Yeah, is she a good trainer? She's a striker. I asked that she's with. a striker. I mean, she does what she wants. She's, she, I love she's that. a goat. She does what she wants. Yeah. She does. She does. But like just watching her, like getting the ball and turning and shooting 
amongst legs. She's like whips her hips and you're like, oh yeah, it's gone to my left. And all of a sudden it goes to your right. And you're like, oh, how'd that happen? It's going to be a tough race this year. Is there a, who, el- who else are you looking at? I mean, we can go on, we'll go on to other where our Aussies are. But as, at a first glance of the league coming in here, who else are you picking out that's going to really be challenging for that top four? And I'll ask you, Raph, after this as well. I mean, it's hard. I just feel like the physicality, it's like there's going to be a lot of kind of like one goal, two goal games. And I feel like it's just going to be, you know, whoever can hold their um, system or their heads the the longest. I mean, I don't know, but I feel like a lot of penalties are given away. Yeah. <laughs> so Someone's been doing their research. Yeah. Someone's been referees. doing <laughs> so, it. That's I'm interesting. A- I wouldn't have noticed that. Yeah. Are they really? Yeah, I yeah. think so. Reading get a fair few. Mm. Good old Reading. Love Reading. Yeah, so it's just, I think it's just more like whoever rattles each other up because, you know, I know that, you know, if a possession-based team like Arsenal gets rattled, you know, you, you kind of, you might lose your momentum a little bit. So um, I think that's important this year that everyone keeps their identity in in their clubs. But yeah, I mean, for me, I would say Chelsea, City and Arsenal. Of course. Arsenal at the top. Yeah. I'm an Arsenal fan, yeah. of course. Come on, come on, Rafferty. Go on um, with Chelsea. Obviously Chelsea, but I think it'd be interesting to see how they deal with the pressure because they've not always performed when number one. That's interesting. And that's historically, um, the depth is totally different. The dynamics are different now, but it'd be interesting to see how they, they deal with being, you know, have that expectation on them. That I is think, r- Yeah, sorry, I'll let you I think. I think obviously Arsenal, yes, always have the ability to win a game. City just annoy me, but they are because they're so consistent <laughs> and they'll get one nils and they'll be playing terribly and they'll win. For me, I think obviously uh, Jess Fishlock coming into Reading, Farah probably being fit again maybe in time for the, I don't know actually if she's fit or not, but she's not Reading, 100% fit. I know that Reading fact, have yeah. always been a tough, real tough opponent, and if they get it right, they they have the ability to. What about Man United? There's been uh, rumours. I mean, Man United have done very well under Casey Stoney. Like, they've got some a quality squad. There is still talk about Tobin Heath and Christian yeah. Press coming over. If those two are I'd be surprised if they don't because they uh, the money they any have... Any insight lids? I can neither confirm nor deny. I love it. Okay. You've got splinters Lovely. there from that fence. That's good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I think that will be an absolute game changer as well for United I mean Casey I think has done a wonderful job up there and it's great to see the proper investment but she is also developing younger players to hold their own in that team you add a couple you add a couple of but this is about this is about winning you can't just be about development she knows that exactly but that's the thing if MC don't come come inside I'll be very surprised because they're gonna sign they haven't for me that means they're not going to compete I agree with you. I absolutely agree with you, which is why those two, I think, are going to sign. And I think it's a great opportunity. Again, one of the biggest clubs in the world who have finally gotten into behind their women's team, which is fantastic. There's opportunities and talk of playing at Old Trafford, which my husband calls Castle Grayskull. Yeah, but, you know, opportunity. But this is it. You've got an opportunity to play at the Emirates. Mm. You know, as as Aussies and growing up and watching, like you said, the highlights or being fans or having and watching the Premier League, to go and say you're playing at Old Trafford is huge, and that's not just for us as Aussies. I'm sure for the American girls as well. This is this is massive. It's, it's massive. They're, they're I used don't to that at an international level, but not at a club level. Yeah, I don't realize the, the kind of how big English teams are and the Premier League is. But when you, when like I'm hearing, because I take it for granted, but when I hear you guys say that. 
I'd, I'd come from abroad. I'd, I'd love the Old Trafford. What, oh, no, what an incredible, iconic. what an, like that's the thing to dream of, isn't it? Absolutely yeah. iconic. Okay, so we don't have too much longer, so we'll do a little whip around. So let's talk about our other Aussies over here, Lids. How exciting. We've got <laughs> Hayley at Everton. Alana Kennedy just signed for Spurs as well. We got Maka and Emily Van Egmond at West Ham and Jacinta. Um, who else have we got? Is that it? Chloe. Oh, Chloe and yeah. Ella Mastrantonio as yeah. well at Bristol. How are you feeling about having all the Aussies in the rest of the league as well? It's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah, it's exciting. Um, it's obviously you. We get to catch up, and then you get to speak with an Australian accent, which and find really know, good you, coffee shops. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> obsessed with coffee. Yeah, that's probably the big thing. <laughs> you find the coffee shops and be like, oh yeah, this won't do. So I've already, I've already been giving the girls a little bit of um, advice with that. So yeah, do they lean on like? Is there kind of like a, almost a community between you lot? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. We find the the place that does a good flat white or the cappuccino with a little bit of chocolate on top, then you know it's legit. Alicia's a very good cook, by the way, so they all want to come over here. I've oh, just I've, I've just volunteered to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, when when we get out of this, you know, this COVID world to the whatever the new normal is, absolute barbecues a go go. Hopefully, I mean, I know there's a there's a season on and stuff like that, <laughs> yeah. but. I just think I'm really excited because it's not just um, I think all our players have the quality now to play in this league, which is going to be the best league in the world. And I keep saying that. Genuinely, I believe that. And I've seen the development since I moved here in 2012 compared to now. It's gone through the roof. But also, it excites me for our Aussie team. And I know you don't want to hear that, Rafferty. You know what? Playing against Australia was always, we were playing against some absolutely fantastic players. So when you said like the talent-wise, there's no reason why they shouldn't be playing in, in the one of the best leagues. I think it makes sense. And it is good for our development. So, Lids, what what are your thoughts? All of us, all, all of us, I'm not playing anymore. All of the <laughs> Aussies over here and our progression through to co-hosting the Women's World Cup in 2023 with New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is just a good exposure. We get to see what the best players in the world how they perform at club level and what we need to do outside of like camps and develop individually but also as a team um and you know there's like some of the best coaches that you're gonna play under and have the resources so I think the fact that we have basically everything at your feet or fingertips I think if we don't take advantage of it it'd be you know a benchmark isn't it yeah it's almost about educating everyone else now like Mm -hmm. go back home and you play for a different team for example actually you know this is the benchmark now we can't accept anything less yeah and then that raises standards of the whole women's football, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Absolutely. It's all mutually beneficial, I think. Um, I think that's about all we have time for. This was really fun. Yeah. Shall we do this again again Shall soon? Are you cooking? Uh, yeah, I'll put a roast on. Well, yeah. it's going to get too cold for a barbecue, I just realised. So I'll have to do a roast. Yeah, that's fine. I'm, a socially I'm distanced with that. roast. <laughs> a, so- a socially distanced roast. I'll put that on. Lids, thanks so much. Great to chat to you. Thank you. Can't wait to catch up. Rafferty, always a pleasure, never a chore. <laughs> I'm going now. <laughs> what time is it? Get out. <laughs> Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.